0: A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper, he'll call to the place, he'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap in the place. There it is, the kick is up, the kick is good! Auburn wins! 22-19! What's going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the Auburn Today podcast. As always, my name is Noah. I'm joined here with my co host Wheeler. Today, we have a very special guest the 2004 SEC Offensive Player of the Year, the 25th overall pick in the 2005 NFL Draft, and Auburn legend, Jason Campbell. Jason, it's great to have you on the
1: show. Yeah, what's going on, fellas? Hey, it's great to be on here. We got some college guys and one guy formerly out of school. So, uh, you know, this is good gen- generation conversation here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, But yeah, we, uh, we were planning on just kind of jumping straight into it. Uh, You know, Auburn had their first game of the season last Saturday. What were kind of your thoughts like as soon as you know, the final whistle blew? What were your thoughts about how Auburn played? Did they do better than you thought they would? Were there certain aspects of the game that went different than you imagined? Just kind of what were your thoughts uh, leaving the Akron game?
1: Well, I always tell people this, man. Anytime that you're a football team and you play other teams that you feel like you should dominate, it's a sign of you being a good football team. And if you don't go out there and dominate a team like Ak- Akron, then I would say we have some huge question marks. But I thought the team did exactly what they supposed to do. You know, Akron was 1-17 coming in here. Uh, you know, who's was already favored a five-touchdown five favorite. Uh, so... I thought the guys did exceptionally well from the standpoint of in the first games, you usually see penalties and and different things. And in this game, you didn't see a whole lot of penalties. You didn't see a whole lot of false starts. You didn't see any turnovers. And that's a sign of a team being well-prepared. Also guys paying attention to details and, uh, and doing it and and doing what they, they supposed to be doing and not looking ahead. Uh, You know, they could easily say, okay, we got Akron and we got Alabama state. And then we have Penn state, the game they have their eyes on, but, the signs of being a really good mature football team is taking each opponent seriously and uh taking an opportunity to get better each and every game so i feel like from a standpoint of mike bobo and uh darren mason both of those two coaches i thought they did a good job of, of getting to know their players and putting their guys in a situation to be successful and I, I did see some things uh that that was looks on on the bright side when you think about it
0: yeah definitely uh you know i did so, really, what were your kind of, you know, obviously you played the quarterback position at Auburn and in the NFL. Uh, there was a lot of talk in the offseason about the whole Bo Nix versus TJ Finley situation. Uh, Bo Nix was one of the highest graded quarterbacks in week one in all of college football. Uh, how would you, how did you think that Bo played compared to how you thought he would play in a week one with the new offense? And how did you think TJ did coming in as the uh, QB2?
1: Yeah, those are uh, two great questions. Uh, first, you know, with Bo, I thought Bo uh, did, did exceptionally well. You know, he went 20 or 22, uh, three touchdowns. And like I said, it's not so much who you're playing. I just want to see how he will react as far as getting from point A to point B. What I mean by that is going through your progressions. And I, and I saw him go through progressions like where a year ago, he would kind of escape the pocket a little early. This time he sat in there, he went through one, two, and then found his third guy sometimes. And the tight end was involved. We talked about that over the last couple of years. And, you know, they had, Shinker pretty much was the only one that had catches, but he had five catches. And that's a sign that the tight end will be involved. And then to see Bo go up under the center and to be able to hone in, I always say, man, like change is going to come. It's how you adapt the changes. And it seemed like he's adapted the changes really well with, with uh, Coach Bobo. And getting under the center, I could tell they worked at it and worked at it because he didn't look uncomfortable and it, it definitely give him an opportunity to, to have different launch points as you heard in one of his interviews so you get a chance to see the defense at a different level instead of being in shotgun all the time and they're not able to pin their ears back and say well he's in shotgun so I know he's five yards deep and his aiming point is eight, eight and a half and nine yards so that's what the defense ends are aiming for. You can't do that when he's under the center because the run game is a threat. Plash and pass is a threat. Bootlegs, nakeds, all those different things come into effect that puts defenses on their heels and uh, I thought he did a really good job of, of being accurate I, I didn't see him forcing the balls and uh and everything of course like i said our challenges will get a little bit stronger as we go but for game one i thought he did everything he needed to do to show that he's progressing as a quarterback now tj it's hard for tj finn it's hard to judge tj finn i try to tell everybody this i know a lot of people are trying to come on to him and i say guys playing the quarterback position when the game is lopsided lopsided as it was and he's coming in and it's 40 something to zero In your back of your mind, you're like, okay, I know we're just going to run the ball and just run the clock out. So any little passes that we throw, it's not going to be like we're trying to gut the defense. It's going to be a control pass, an out route, or a slant route, or a hitch, something like that. So mentally, it's different for a quarterback at that standpoint of the game. And yes, I can see some things that he can get better at. Uh, One is just fundamentals, both him and Bo. I talked about it coming into the season. Fundamentals is such a key part of the football game that a lot of people forget. And when you get your feet in the right places, which is what I saw Bo do, he got his feet in the right places, which able was able to bring his eyes in the ball to be more accurate. When you think about TJ, TJ is a huge guy, he's a big tall guy. I'm tall, I'm six and he's like he's looking over top of me. And <laughs> when I saw him in person, so you know, he's a guy that can understand that get his base a little bit lower, get some bend in his knees, he'll be more accurate. But it's hard to judge a quarterback, though, in that scenario. Now, this week we play Alabama State if we go up 35 to seven or something like that, I would like to see TJ come in the game at that standpoint, because then he can get a little bit more reps with some of the starters that are still in the game. And then you can kind of get, cause he needs those reps. Let's be honest, you know, knock on wood. You don't want anything to have to bowl, but you have to be prepared to have two quarterbacks playing. And I don't want his real first game action with some of the ones come. If something happened, all of a sudden he got to be thrust in the game. These are games that you build, and these are games that gives him opportunity to go out there and say, hey, you get two drives with the starters. And uh, just to get his feet wet. And also, let the, where the game still means something at that standpoint, not when it's 40-something to zero. Like, at that point, man, he's already checked out. The game's over with You know, you're handing the ball off and trying to get out of there healthy.
0: Yeah, I definitely, definitely can see the, the aspects of that. Uh, but so, like, how, how did you – And, you know, as a, you know, as a player in the SEC, there's always going to be that game that you know, you're going to win, you know, like they knew they were going to beat Akron, you pretty much know you're going to beat Alabama State. How does that the preparation going into that week when you've got a team like Penn State and you've got that wide outcome and you know that you've got that? How does it change the preparation that you have for that Alabama State and how can you keep your... Like, one, how do you keep your mind right going into that game? And two, how much of Penn State are you looking, just kind of looking past uh, the game on Saturday? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, being honest, you know, from a football standpoint, you know, games like Alabama State and, and, like I said, we just played Akron, these are preparation games. What I mean by that, they're preparation games for your big games. And what you do now matters later. So the guys need to take the approach and say, hey, we're still early in the season. We're still trying to play our sh- ourselves into shape to play a four-quarter game. Now, you know, Taint, he didn't get a chance to run the ball a lot in the second half the other night. So it's very important that he get a chance to run the ball a lot within this first half of the second game because he's building for a four-quarter game. In Penn State we know he's not coming out of game early and so we have to find a way to get showers a little bit more carries get him a little bit more game shape Uh, you know Jacquez Hunter he showed us a lot you know this kid is um you know he's state player in Mississippi a year ago and it shows you why like this kid is strong he has a, a low build about himself so from a run game standpoint i like to see Tank get the ball at least 15, 18 times in this game, just because we're trying to work him into game shape for the big games and get him used to getting in open space. It's one thing to get the linebackers, but when you get to those safeties and you have to make those open field game moves on somebody that get you a 40 yard touchdown or 50 yard touchdown, these are the times that you work on those things. You don't work on it against Georgia. You don't work on it against Penn state. You work on it against these teams. And, I would like to see us continually try to get the ball to our younger receivers, because we're going to need them to come up big in big games. When you think about, you know, Shedrick Jackson, he had more catches in one game his senior year starting off than he's had his whole career, you know? Yeah. So that just goes to show you how young we are at that thing. He's a senior. So let that set in. And then you think about, you know, you got Javaris Johnson, who had a touchdown catch. You got Kobe Hudson, who had a touchdown catch. OK, how do we get them more involved in, in the ball game? How do we get Demetrius Robinson involved on reverses, uh, catching him on slants and drives where he's getting the ball? He's making one guy miss and going the distance. How do we get Elijah Cannon involved? How do we get Capers involved? These are big guys. Everybody know a year ago, we throw the ball up to Seth Williams a lot because that's the comfortable that Bo had. OK, those guys are gone. How does he build that comfort when we get in these tight games against Penn State where it's eight people in the box and you got to win one-on-one outside? Does he have the same comfortability in the big games as he will these first two games?
2: Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, So, I mean, now that they've kind of – I mean, they had last week, you think they're kind of getting comfortable with the offense or how long would you say when you've got a new offensive coordinator are you implementing – you know, new offense throughout the season when you have a new guy.
1: Yeah, you're definitely Im- implementing throughout the season. Uh, like I said last week, they probably ran a basic offense. I, I don't, I wouldn't guarantee that they got they dug deep into the playbook at all. Uh, this week could be a little bit of the same, some vanilla, but they'll probably add some things that they want to throw at Penn State just to make them have to study a little bit. But the bigger game plan is going to come out against Penn State because that's the game that you're trying to see where you're at as a football team. We had two buildups. Now the third big game is coming. This is the one everybody's eyeing. And for Bo, this is extremely a big game because over the years, you know, away from home has kind of been his Achilles heel. At home games, he does pretty well. And uh, so this will show a sign of, of progress for him as well maturing as a quarterback. And I think for us defensively, man, we're stout. I think the 34 defenses, you know, we got guys there, Kobe Wooden getting him back, uh, you know, Chandler Wooden getting him back, uh, you know, Derrick Hall, those guys up front, Tony Fair transfer from UAB. So those guys up front, they're going to wreak havoc. They're going to cause some problems for opposing teams. Now, our linebacker core, which I think is probably the best tandem in the SEC with McLean and Owen Papo, these guys can run. And watching Derrick Mason, one thing he wants is run to the ball. And when you saw guys on Saturday night play, it was always four or five blue jerseys around the tackle. And that's what it takes to be a dominant defense. On the back end, I feel like we're the deepest in the in the, in the SEC. You know, we haven't seen Drayshon Miller yet. You know, we'll see him hopefully here soon, add him to the puzzle. But I feel like Roger McCrary, Nehemiah Prickett, Jalen Simpson, you know, Smoke Monday, these guys, I feel like, you know, they have a camaraderie about themselves that kind of sets them apart from other, from other SEC opponents right now. So this thing gonna come down to the end, I feel like this year. It's gonna be a three-hearted, three-headed race in the SEC West, uh, between Alabama, Auburn, and Texas AM. And then in the East, everybody knows it's Georgia and Florida. So, you know, we're gonna see what happens here.
2: Yeah. Why do you think Bo struggles on the road? Like, is it just the crowd noise or is it? Different stadiums. I mean, I know in basketball they say different optics. Is that the same in football? <laughs>
1: <or>? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I always say this when you play on the road, it's it's more of a team thing where you have to come together as a team. It's like your back against the wall type feeling. Right? you, when you know, especially when you go to Penn State, there's 118 or 110,000 people hollering and screaming. You like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to love it. You know what I'm saying? Because you know you're going to have your maybe your 10,000 fans over here. Against their 98,000, you know, so that it's a mentality, you know, you have to go in there not pressing. I think he goes into these away games pressing to try to make a play. When you go into opposing territory, your job is to let the game come to you. Don't go off trying to force things too early because then you get off schedule. Just let the game come to you and you will know when to take your chances and, and when the things get there. And you'll catch yourself into the flow of a game. If you go in there trying to force the flow of a game, then you get their crowd noise and you're not feeling comfortable as a quarterback because you're forcing things. Now things can kind of go disarray. So I feel like for him, you know, that's the biggest difference. Where at home. It's not much crowd noise that you're going against. So the communication is a lot easier. And I feel like from that standpoint, that's a huge key. So just learning how to do those things, he can do those things better than he can. He can progress not only at home, but he can transfer some of that over to away games.
0: And how would you – so, as, you know, as a former player, you know, how how did it differ, A, just kind of like your your pregame routine differing from a home game or an away game, an 11 a.m. kick compared to a 6 a.m. kick? And also, when you had those away games, did you prefer – like, did you really love the idea of, like, going into Knoxville and winning big when they were ranked? You've got 100,000 fans screaming that don't like you, and you win that game. <laughs> yeah. Does it – is it kind of a different feeling compared to winning a big game at home, comparing to going into their house and winning that?
1: Well, I say this: uh, I like playing night games on the road, especially in the hostile environments. Uh, probably stuff for LSU because they just get hammered and it just get crazy. It's almost like they crank music up in there. Uh, <laughs> but playing in Knoxville and and some of these other teams where you go and you play on the road, like it's exciting. Um, you know, you can go in there. The thing about playing on the road though, in the hostile environments, is You have to jump on the opponent fast. And that's what we always talked about back in my playing days is start fast on the road. You can't start slow and you can't get them a 7-0 to lead. You can't get them a 10-0 to lead. You have to jump on them and get up 7, get up 10, take their crowd out of it. And that's how you put opposing teams backwards in their home stadium. If you go in there and, and, and they jump on you, you in the lion's jungle. You know, you, you got to go in there and, and, and feel like you're trying to come and take something out of their territory. You got to just come in there. You got to come in there fast and get out of there fast. And that's how it is. And that's how that's the mindset. Now you got to go in there with that with that, that type of mindset to go in there and take the take whatever they're trying to do to you, take it from them and take it from them early. Make them doubt themselves.
0: Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that, you know, it's definitely interesting just to see just how different the whole environment is going into all that. So there was one notable game, and this is kind of kind of straying a little bit uh, from what we've been talking about. But in 2001, you know, after right after 9/11 happened, the you know Auburn ended up going to New York and playing Syracuse. And yes, that game it didn't obviously it didn't end up how we wanted. But how was that so like just so much different and how just kind of can you tell us about how that was being like the first major sports event in New York uh, since 9-11 happened?
1: Yeah, that was a that was a very strange week. Uh, You know, the week before we was getting ready, the week of 9-11, we was getting ready to play LSU and, you know, we had played Ball State and we had played Ole Miss and it was officially my third start uh, as a starter. And. You know, we end up practicing that Tuesday and that Wednesday, and you know, we got word of what was going on in New York. Of course, it was all over the TVs, and we remember the, the person coming and whispering something in Coach, and I mean, President Bush' ear. And I would say, you see this blank stare on his face, so you knew it was, it was something. And then, you know, just hearing about how America was under attack, and here we are at the time. I'm 19 years old, you know, and and. And then we find out on Thursday that we're not playing the LSU game. All games have across the U.S. have been canceled for the weekend. And then the following week, we're playing Syracuse in the Carrier Dome in New York. And they say that game is on. Man, you want to talk about guys like super nervous, like you know, like families nervous, don't want their kids to kind of travel to New York at that time, and you know, it's so much going on. And and when you think about it guys had to actually take sleeping pills on the plane when we was going there. And Coach Tuberville tried to make guys feel a little bit more comfortable. He was saying, well, guys, if you're ever going to fly anywhere, now is probably the safest time to fly because security has just been heightened. Yeah. And uh, so we ended up getting double-checked by the by the K-9 dolls. We ended up, you know, they was everything was heightened. So guys felt a little bit more comfortable. But once we got there, then the game arrived and we get to the stadium and, the governor speaking and then you see all the first responders and you see all the firefighters, you know, the policemen and everybody that participated in, in rescuing people from, from the twin towers. And, and, you know, you see tears coming down their eyes and, and, and you are sitting there with tears in your eyes you you just like, man, we're getting ready to play a football game. Like how, how can we play a game like, you know, with this type of magnitude of what just happened within the U S of course, you know, U S we're built off sports a little bit, you know, sports has a way of bringing people together. So you understand why we're there, but at the same time, it was tough from a mental aspect, trying to emotionally separate feeling bad for what just happened and seeing families that lost loved ones, you know, standing over there on the side and then you're trying to play a game and our backs already against the wall, you know, Syracuse had everything for them, like the crowd behind them and, you know, Dwight Freeney, Hall of Famer, you know, one of the guys that had like five sacks that game, like they was playing on a whole nother level. You know, we ended up beating them the next year when they came to Auburn, but that year, man, in that game, it's one of those games you walk away and you lost, but you like, what did we expect to happen? You know, like you go there to win, but with everything that was going on and everything going on in that carrier dome, what do you think would have felt like had they lost and we won, you know, like, so for that moment, for that, they won the, you know, whatever it brought to that city or whatever it brought to that area or their families, you know, we fought hard, but it just, it wasn't there. Like we couldn't, like, you tried to play through it, but you couldn't feel it as a player all the way, like you normally would. Um, on any given Saturday, it was just different, and um, I will say this: it was a privilege to be able to experience as one of the first teams to actually go into New York and play during such a, a horrific time, where so many, so much was going on. That's going to go down as one of the, you know, most horrific times in the history of the U.S. You know, that was, um, and to be a freshman, you know, starting in a game like that, I ended up having a 57-yard touchdown run. And uh, and everything. But at the end of the day, it felt like it meant nothing because the aspect of everything that was going on, everything was before and above the game.
0: Yeah, I bet. I mean, yeah, I can I can only imagine just how that how that experience would have been. But so obviously that was, you know, that was a very different environment. Mm -hmm. But how would you. So, like, playing in the Carrier Dome is one thing. And, obviously, you know, with what was going on, it was a little different experience than an average game in the Carrier Dome. But playing in that Dome and playing, like, in Bryant-Denny, playing in Death Valley, how – like, what were some of the – like, what was the toughest spot, you know? Like, going in, you were just like, oh, it's rocking. This is going to be tough. Uh,
1: Man, I tell you what, the Carrier Dome was rocking that night because of all the stuff that was going on. But – on just Saturdays, just going to play, and it's hard to top LSU. Like, on uh, a nighttime, like, I'd rather play LSU and LSU at 2.30. Like, you don't want to play LSU and LSU at 7 p.m. ESPN. Um, we did our junior year. We came out hot. They scored. We scored. Uh, we're feeling good. Then all of a sudden, boom, bad weather comes through. We sit in the locker room for like an hour. And it just kind of sucked all the juice out of us. So when we came back on the field, they had the crowd noise to kind of get them kind of going. And we were trying to get ourselves going, and we just couldn't get back going. And we ended up losing that game and everything. But uh, it's one tough place to play, man, just because it is one of the most electric night atmospheres. And I will throw Auburn in there. Auburn gets loud now when we have night home games and we're playing a big opponent. I remember 2017 because when I was playing pro football, I didn't get a chance to experience a lot, but 2017, I was at the the Alabama game and the Georgia game. And uh, when we beat both of them at home, now that was rocking. That's right up there with all of them. And, uh, and that's why I say to the fans of Auburn, if you was there then, if you can duplicate that when we play Georgia, when we play Alabama at home again this season, like we need that type of noise. And you know, we need that type of noise when we play Ole Miss because their offense is something to deal with. We need to get a defense an advantage of making them have to deal with crowd noise. And uh, but yes, I would say on the road LSU is probably the, the loudest stadium. But they say Penn State is one of the best college atmospheres in college football uh, at nighttime. So you know, I'm pretty sure that's going to be up there top as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you know, I mean. Bo bo did get a kind of kind of an interesting interesting hand dealt to him with getting, you know, just the uh-huh. cycle that he has. He's got LSU, he's got Florida, he's got Alabama, and now he's got Penn State as just stadium <laughs> yeah, yeah. to add to the list that he's yeah, just right. played, packed out. Uh, but so you mentioned you mentioned Ole Miss with their offense coming up. How do you think you you know you mentioned earlier you think that it's kind of Auburn, Alabama, and Texas A&M in the West, uh-huh. but how do you think that the whole West will play out and do you think that there is like the comparison of Auburn and Texas A&M, do you think Auburn has the edge over that? Do you think they're a little lower and do you think there's anyone else that could kind of creep in uh, to that top three?
1: Well, when you think about Alabama, let's just face it, you know, these they're they a machine right now. Um, you know, like it seemed like they just reload every year. And It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback, who's playing running back, who's playing receiver. It's just like there's five-star to five-star to five-star. And I'm not big on stars, but – typically these guys are like top of the scale and uh, you know, watching them play Miami this past weekend, you know, of course, Auburn's defense way better than Miami defense, Georgia's defense way better than Miami's defense. Uh, a and defense is better than Miami's defense. So, you know, it'll be more of a challenge for them when they play against these teams. Um, but with that being said, though, I feel like their young quarterback, Bryce Young, I thought he did an exceptional job. You know, he moved around in the pocket. He was able to find guys outside the pocket. And when you're a dual-threat quarterback like that, it puts pressure on defenses. And uh, for fortunately for us, we get him at home this year. And, uh, and so that's a good thing. Uh, when I think about Texas a and you know, great defense at end. You know, young quarterback, but – they have players tight end one of the better players in 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 SEC um but from a standpoint I would say Auburn has a chance because we won one there so many times before you know whatever about Texas AM, and I just feel like our guys accept playing there now I don't know if it's a 12th man field where they go in there and it's just another one of those stadiums that pumps energy into you because you look around and you see everybody swaying back and forth and and everything and it kind of energizes you, bringing chills to your hair on your arms and you're ready to go. So when we go there, typically we play pretty good. So I like us from the standpoint of our running game better than Texas a run game. I like where our defense is at so far. So if I got to take my defense on the road, I can add our run game, then I like that aspect and plus with Bo being a junior and their quarterback being a, a younger guy, I like that in big games. So I think we have a shot there. It's going to come down to the Georgia game. Can we win the Georgia game at home? And can we split or can we win both of the Georgia and Alabama game at home? Um, I don't like saying the word split because I'm always one of the, a fan of saying we can win every game, <laughs> you know, like just uh, because it's a competition I got to do is give yourself a chance. And with those games being in our backyard, I think we have a chance. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Ole Miss is my sleeper game, though. I say that Ole Miss is my sleeper game only because it's Halloween weekend. And Lane Kiffin is known to putting up points on any defense. And, you know, their defense, I thought against Louisville, looked a lot better than they have over the last four or five years. And so with that being said, if they are able to hold teams a little bit and score with Matt Corral with the points that they're doing, they can cause problems for some teams, and they can sneak up on some teams. Like, can they find themselves fighting in the West? I don't think so because they're not there yet. But from an offensive standpoint, shoot, they're one of the best in the SEC.
2: Yeah. I'll be interested to see how their defense plays when they're playing a quarterback that can actually throw the ball because Malik Cunningham right. was having a tough, tough night the other night. Yeah, I mean, he was. <laughs> he, he wasn't zipping it. Um, yeah. So kind of just shifting gears before we wrap up, I wanted to know, do you think NIL, how do you think that would affect the locker room? And like in the NFL, does it have an effect of like, do do guys ever talk about like, oh, he has these endorsements, he doesn't have these endorsements? Like, how do you think that old shake out?
1: Well, in college, NIL is all based on point of, you know, the maturity of your locker room. Uh, you know, do you have guys in the locker room that can handle it from a mature standpoint? Uh, you know, the difference between college and NFL, NFL, everybody gets a check at the end of the week. You know, it doesn't, you know, everybody's making, you know, well enough money. So either you making 500,000 or you making 45 million, you're making some money and you get a check at the end of the week in college. Everybody don't get a check at the end of the week. So if you out here and you get endorsements from NIL and say your quarterback, say Bo gets $10,000. Or whatever, or gets a hundred thousand dollar deal, or tank gets a hundred and fifty thousand dollar deal, your offensive is over there looking like, where's where's my NIL? You know, like the reason y'all getting these deals is because we're blocking for y'all. We're giving y'all the opportunity to to create for y'all sales. And um, so they gotta gotta find a way in college to handle it from a mature standpoint, and those guys gotta find a way, okay, how can I help give a little bit to them when I get bigger money because I know they're they're a part of this they're a reason why I'm getting a lot of accolades and that's the biggest thing because in the NFL guys don't really care about the endorsement standpoint because everybody pretty much gets some but you get a check at the end of the week and plus this is your livelihood this is your this is your career it's your job it's how you put food on the table so that's the difference in the NFL for college so we'll be and I look forward to seeing what happens but I think it can be a positive thing as guys handle it the right way
2: Do you think a lot of people back in your day would have transferred, had the transfer portal been the way that it was, or do you think that athletes have kind of changed their mentality?
1: I think it's a generational thing. Uh, I do think back then, you know, you have to sit out two years and you transfer, so guys thought twice about that. You know, they they wasn't doing it. So I I really think that actually helped mold guys into into better places as far as being men, Uh, because you see a lot of guys, you know, Joy Gatewood, for example, you know, he's going on his third team in the transfer portal, you know, and he's has talent, but, you know, you never know. Like some of these guys, man, they get lost in the portal. So guys just got to find a way, man, to think that not everything's always going to start off as fast as you want it, but stick it out, like stay where you're supposed to be at. Like things have a way of working itself out for you. If it's meant for you to be there you, it's going to work out, but don't run too soon. And, uh, just everything worth having. It's a climb you got to go through some tough parts to get to where you want to go. So stop running and just stay put sometimes.
0: Yeah. Definitely. So last thing, I just want to kind of get just your quick thought on. So Auburn's one know right now, have Alabama State this Saturday, followed by Penn State, followed by Georgia State, followed by LSU. Do you think – after that LSU game, what do you think Auburn's record will be going into that matchup with Georgia on October 9th?
1: Oh, I'll say this. I don't – you play LSU before we play Georgia, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, So I thought. i I'll say this. After watching LSU, of course they're going to get better. You make your biggest adjustments from week one to week two. Uh, that's always been the case. Um, I'm pretty sure they're hearing it from a lot of alumni. So, I expect them to be better. I expect us to go down there and win, but I expect it to be a tougher game than we anticipated. Um, i like us to be undefeated. I really think we can go to Penn State and win that game. Uh, I think we can can if we can control the line of scrimmage, I think we can win that game because I think our defense is strong enough to stop their offense. And I think from a run game standpoint, when you're in a hostile environment and it's hard for your left tackle and your right tackle to hear hear the quarterback. So sometimes they may get off a little late. Running the ball helps control a lot of that. So I think we can go in there and we can win that game because of the run game that we have. So it'll be nice if we're undefeated and Georgia's undefeated and game day is there. And uh crowd noise is there. And man, it can be electric. So uh, hopefully I I think we could we can go there and be undefeated in that game.
0: All right. There you heard it there first. But yeah, uh thank you again so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh always great to just hear uh your perspective on Auburn and just kind of the SEC as a whole.
1: No, no problem, man. Appreciate you guys for having me. And uh, you know, where are you?
0: Where are you going? Where are you going?